The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. I'm for Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in D.C. on The Sean Hannity Show. Ah, better hold on to your wallets. Congress is back from their ever so long summer break, but let not your heart be troubled. They will be going away again September 14th and 15th, and then September 23rd, and then the Pope comes to town, so it's not going to be that busy a month, except, oh, let's see, we have an Iranian deal that they've got to vote on, a continuing resolution and possible government shutdown coming, and Planned Parenthood funding battles straight ahead of us. Jamie Dupree, my friend, how are you? All right, Sean, how you doing, buddy? A lot coming up, and a lot of fights, uh, it seemed, lined up along the way here. Yeah, and a lot of fights I think that will not only involve Republicans versus Democrats, but also Republicans versus Republicans as well. First up on the agenda, the Iran nuclear deal, and we've talked about it for weeks. Uh, the Democrats mustering even more votes today in the Senate again, uh, for the agreement and against the Republican plan to disapprove it. Right now, the Democrats in the Senate have 41 votes. So if each of those 41 senators wanted to, they could filibuster this GOP disapproval resolution. But they only have 38 on record, hard votes as of now that I have read. Yeah, I would think that the the White House argument would be pretty simple. Look, just end this right now. There's no need to prolong it for a few more weeks and have a fight over a veto. The bottom line would still be the same, even if it gets out of the Congress and gets to the president. But it would obviously, I think, play a little more to the advantage of the GOP, as we've discussed on a number of fronts, if you can get bills, resolutions, other things down to the White House and force the president to veto it. It becomes a different story at that point in time. That's why I think that the, the Democrats will put the heat on the last few and see if they can get to that 41 uh, to force a 60-vote supermajority. I don't I mean, think they get Joe Manchin. I, there's a couple that I think they're going to have a really Well, no, Manchin, time. listen, Manchin has already said not only will he vote for cloture, but he's going oh, he to did. vote against the agreement. He announced that today. Okay. And then there were three other Democrats that came out today in favor of the deal. I think there's only one person undecided at this point in so time. So they would need one Republican then, no? No, no. They're, um, they got they, enough? With, with the 41 they've got, if all 41 if stick, they stick together, together, then they got it then they've got it. And I just would think that that would be something that the administration and the Democratic leadership would really lean on people. And frankly, we've discussed this for weeks. This has all been an orchestrated kind of rollout. And today, Manchin made his announcement this morning. Then Harry Reid gave a speech here in D.C. And then suddenly three more Democrats yeah. dis- uh, announced they were Well, he said it. he'd filibuster. That was his big statement. Yeah, and I and look, if he's got and and I don't think he would say that and he would threaten that unless he thought he could get the votes or he had the votes already. Okay, let him take to the floor and do a real old-time filibuster though. You don't have uh, you know, the Senate rules changed in 1919. We haven't really had old-time filibusters since then. It's, Everything else has been show. It's, it's kind of a shame, isn't it? Because that those were the good old days. You know, Mr. Uh, Smith goes th- to Washington is long gone. But even Mr. Smith goes to Washington when that was filmed, I know. the filibuster really didn't exist in that format anymore. We well, allowed people to block things by doing that, but realistically, the rules were already there to invoke cloture, I, as it's I called. I had a long discussion with a senator. Now, Tom Cotton's going to join us later. I'll find out his view on this. Uh, and the, the conversation was very simple, that you either believe that this is a treaty or you don't believe it's a treaty. This goes back to what I said was a big mistake by Republicans. I said they made a couple of big mistakes in the last year. One was... They said that they wouldn't fund the Department of Homeland Security because of the president's illegal, unconstitutional executive action on amnesty. Push came to shove. They funded it. And Bob Corker pushing this Iranian bill that, quote, would allow senators to get a vote and get approval on it. 
basically took away their legislative constitutional authority. Now, this senator is convinced as I am. I know you disagree. Yeah, I do, because if you didn't have the Corker bill, we would not be having this debate right now. Okay, but it would need two-thirds of the Senate to No, pass. it wouldn't, because if the president doesn't want to submit it as a treaty, it's not a treaty. You cannot unilaterally ask the Congress well, declare something well, to be a treaty. Well, we talked about that. One of the things that we were discussing is is that there's no way that any reasonable person, and that this would then become an issue for the courts then to decide whether or not the president can, can make that determination. I would just say that politically, we have a huge amount of history, and uh, and and that's on the record since World War II of administrative agreements and not treaties. Uh, I would just sort of doubt the courts so would the get bottom, involved with that. The bottom line is then the president's going to give the number one state sponsor of terror 150 billion dollars uh, in 11 years of zero outbreak time for a nuclear weapon. They get to build their missile defense system with the Russians, which they're doing now. Uh, they get to continue to build their intercontinental ballistic missiles, their ICBMs, so they can deliver the nuclear weapon to the continental United States. They continue to threaten Israel and the United States th throughout the entire negotiation. And what did we get, Jamie? Certainly, at this point in time, that's definitely the argument of Republicans. In fact, we got the last Republican vote, I think, uh, against the deal uh, announced by Susan Collins of Maine this afternoon. She mm -hmm. uh, called it fundamentally flawed and said she didn't think it would stop the Iranian drive right, but you're, but for you're nuclear the, weapons. What I love about you is you actually read this stuff. More than anybody that I know. Can you tell me one thing that the United States can say that we, we get this out of the deal? I'm not going to make either side's arguments for them. Obviously, there's a lot of Democrats who believe that this is better than nothing. Uh, th I think to me that's been the most interesting thing is confronted with the choice of of accepting this agreement or something that's undefined. A number of Democrats in recent weeks have said they don't like fully like the details, but they think this is the best option. And it's obvious that the administration has been able to rally a number of them behind them. And I know that the Republicans obviously just about 100 percent disagree with the, the conclusions that the Democrats have reached in both Again, sides. I, you know, but they cannot specifically name one thing that we've gotten except this this nebulous, uh, obscure belief that they think it'll be better because, after all, they're friends. Now, meanwhile, there's very little coverage of the fact that Americans are now being held hostage in Yemen by the rebels that are backed by the Iranians. No, well, there's there's been some coverage of it because we know about it, but yeah, Not a listen, whole lot. The uh, the whole issue of why we didn't get those people back, what was it, the four who were being held in Iran in exchange for this deal? I mean, obviously, that has been a touchy subject. Just remember the last time that was brought up to the president directly at a news conference, he was not very pleased about it. And certainly it's been noted uh, by an awful lot of Republicans and not really mentioned too much on the Democratic side. Well, it's pretty amazing to me that we really have nothing to show for this. Now we have not only the hostages that were in Iran, now we have the hostages backed by the Iranian-backed rebels in Yemen. And uh, I wouldn't, if I was a betting man, I pray that I'm wrong. Uh, I don't feel that confident that they're going to come back anytime soon. At this point in time, the vote on the, in the House on the disapproval resolution, Sean, looks like it'll be probably either late Thursday or Friday. Yeah. The Senate, I sort of have a feeling they'll take their votes on Thursday and get out of town after that. So we'll probably wrap up debate on this later this week. There's a whole lot of problems for Hillary Clinton. Just some headlines here. She's being advised. This is going to break it about well, as soon as we get off the air today. I got an early version of this column by Ed Klein uh, to cut a deal on the email scandal. Uh, I think the most underreported story of the day is in fact that Hillary Clinton, we now have uh, the agencies now admitting once again, these security agencies, that in fact 
they did have classified information on the server, which is something. Yeah, we've had a second done. IG uh, come to yeah. that conclusion. Remember, that was only a subset of what forty emails that they looked at. Yeah. You know, to me, the biggest thing that's happened in the last week in a in a negative way for Hillary Clinton has been the story about this guy, the former State Department aide. His name is Brian Pagliano, who was paid not only by the State Department but paid directly by the Clintons to deal with her email server while she was Secretary of State. This guy is ready to take the Fifth Amendment before the Congress and refuse to answer questions about well, that. Apparently setup. they never reported that money. Uh, well, then that, that's I was just about to get to that. Uh, the, the, re, the reports have been that he did not report that outside income on his ethics forms. So I take that next step. Does that mean he did not report it on his taxes? And if not, what about his travel expenses? I mean, because I would assume that if you go up to the Clinton home, somebody's going to pay for your train ticket or flight or whatever. Yep to get you back and forth. And if you're doing that as an independent contractor, a lot of people listening know you're supposed to then pay taxes in many situations for if you're reimbursed think you got to file a 1099 unless, exactly. they, unless they gave him a gift of some kind. Exactly. So there's a whole bunch of little things in there that as I look at it, we've talked about the drip, drip, drip that is not good. I mean, look, Hillary Clinton's just doing another interview with ABC today about it. She did one with NBC yesterday. So even though she's uh, today trying to talk about limiting money and campaign finance reform, which is not exactly a subject that most people are are uh, watching closely, she's still having to deal with the email server issue. And then you get this guy who worked at the State Department and then did work for her on the side for the email server while she was Secretary of State. Now he's talking about taking the fifth. Now, just as I said, the FBI being involved is not good. That's just not good. But then you get people who you paid people who were on your staff, people who were working on that email server taking the fifth. Well, Again, by the way, that's that, just part of that whole drip, drip, drip. That's the email server from the mom and pop shop in the closet of a bathroom. That's the email. But now the special intelligence review, this is the second one now. Yes, you are correct. They, they also found it included one email about North Korea's nuclear weapons program, including satellite imaging. Now add to her troubles, her falling poll numbers in New Hampshire falling poll numbers in Iowa. And, a and nationally, we had another poll out today that showed her losing ground, yeah. yes. And Trump beats her in a head-to-head matchup, uh, 45 to 40%. That's a significant jump up uh, there. And Bernie Sanders now leading by nine in New Hampshire. Now, again, I don't want us to jump too fast and say that she's going down the tubes and it's all going to crash and burn. But I don't think we can ignore some of these uh, the, the dips in her numbers and also the festering questions and, and issues that are still raised on this whole email thing. Remember, she'll go before we'll have another batch of emails released at the end of this month. We'll have another batch next month. We'll have uh, this guy may have to come before the Congress and before, take the fifth. She goes before the Benghazi exactly, committee next month. And so it just keeps going and gets in the way of her daily message. Certainly looks like Joe Biden is running this weekend. That was funny. He's so angry and so mad and so upset about the economy. And I'm thinking he said he's hot. He's mad and angry. And I think, OK, why did you screw it up so bad? He, um, you know, it's funny because the last couple of weeks have sort of been on, off, on, off, seemingly. A couple of weeks ago, it really seemed like he was ready again. And then last week, I sort of sensed reservation. And then he just seemed like he'd been shot out of a cannon on Monday in the Labor Day speech and parade in Pittsburgh. And a lot of people now thinking he's going to get in. But again, there's not that much time. The, the first Democratic debate is less is just over a month away, five weeks from tomorrow. So he's got to make a determination pretty soon. Well, I think he looked like he was running before that Pittsburgh crowd that was chanting, run, Joe, run. Yep.
very favorable for him in terms of reception, yes. And he's out there selling this bad Iranian deal as well. Well, of course. The administration is all for it. You know, there was a, a liberal on NBC, I, I only read about it, on Mediaite, this this writer, Tommy Christopher. He's a pretty left-wing guy, but he writes intelligent columns, if there's such a thing as an intelligent liberal column. And he actually pointed out something that I think, you know, this, this exchange that took place that I think really highlights an important point, that Joe Biden, is not, nobody knows where he stands on anything, and he's flawed in terms of being a gaffe machine. And the person that was on this program made the observation. He wrote the crime bill. Clarence Thomas, he supported for the Supreme Court, voted for the bankruptcy bill while his son was working, Hunter, for the big financial firms. He supported the Hyde Amendment with no exceptions for rape or incest. And he voted for the partial birth abortion ban. Um, you know, and then he's the same guy that referred to Obama as being clean and bright and articulate. Good grief. Well, I think there's a lot of people who look at the VP and they don't see somebody who is dramatically different in terms of policy than Hillary Clinton. Uh, and the other question, I think, for a lot of people here in D.C. is if he does get in the race, the dynamic does change. You cannot deny that. But is he the person that then zooms past her and takes over the race? I'm still not convinced that D.C. sees it like that. Well, Hillary, according to The New York Times, is going to show her humor. I mean, every time I look at her, I think... Chris Rock. I think uh, Larry the Cable Guy. I think uh, Jeff Foxworthy, don't you? <laughs> David Axelrod just completely slammed uh, this sort of, uh, I guess we'll call it a reboot effort from Hillary Clinton and from her campaign. How many times has she had a reboot? Well, and he tweeted out something. He said he, he thought he was reading something from The Onion when he was reading about this story this morning. And it, it does seem like there have been an awful lot of these that she's going to engage with real people and they're going to change how she's, uh, you know, sort of depicted and, and what she does and everything like that. And yet her numbers have definitely slipped in the last few months. I have a prediction for you. John Boehner will not be speaker after this current term. I think there's a lot of people who do believe that, and obviously now that lawmakers are back, we'll see whether or not some, uh, you know, like Mark Meadows, would like to push this fight and have a vote now or in the next few weeks about whether or not Boehner should be pushed. And I do think there are some people who wonder whether the Speaker is going to stick around or whether he's finally just going to throw up his hands and say, you know what, there's too much opposition. It might be time for me to go. All right, Jamie Dupree in Washington. A busy uh, month we have coming up here. Thank Certainly you, Certainly will be, Sean. We'll see you. All right, 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. So proud of a new sponsor on this program. It's called Ovation Cell Therapy. Now, my entire team and I, starting with Mrs. Hannity, have been trying the Ovation Cell Therapy. And I started later than everyone else. I'm only like two weeks in. And i got to be honest, I never thought a shampoo would make that big a difference. It is noticeably different. Now, for example, so many people have dry, brittle, damaged hair because of heat, styling. Maybe you put chemicals in your hair, color treatments in your hair, age-related issues, whatever it happens to be. Now, Ovation Cell Therapy is guaranteed to repair and restore your hair so it is noticeably thicker, stronger, longer, and healthier looking. Now, the first person I noticed the difference on was my wife, and then I started it. Lauren started about a month ago when my wife did, and you said the same thing, noticeably different. I love it. I actually brought it to the hair salon, had them wash my hair with it, and all the girls were like, where did you get this? We need this product. All right, but the funny thing is, is now you don't use as much of that New Jersey spray that you used to use, and I noticed the difference. 
because you don't need it. My hair looks amazing. It does, actually. Okay. Now, if you want thicker, stronger, longer, healthier-looking hair, go right now. Just try it. OvationHair.com. Learn what Ovation Cell Therapy can do for you. Now, if you put my name, Hannity, when you check out, you'll get a special introductory discount. That's OvationHair, one word, dot com. Now, remember, select Hannity when you check out for special savings. It really works. And here's the best part. It's guaranteed to work. Or you get your money back. Go to OvationHair.com today. The newsmakers you won't hear anywhere else. This is the Sean Hannity Show. News 95.5 at AM 750. WSB. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.